knows better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You're listening to an audio teaching from Cross Connection Church Houston. We're a small church located in Pasadena, Texas, and it is our mission to save the lost, equip the saved, serve both the lost and saved, and to send the equipped. To this end, we teach through the Bible on a verse-by-verse basis, starting at the beginning of a book and working until the end. If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us at connectedtojesus.org or check us out on Facebook at Cross Connection Church Houston. We pray that this teaching would grow you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ our Lord. celebrating one of my favorite uh, Christian ceremonies, and that is baptism. And uh, the ceremony is one of my favorites, one because of what it symbolizes, which we'll look at this morning, and also just kind of the the impact that I see it so often has on those who actually get baptized. And so I always enjoy having the privilege of just being a part of uh, the ceremony, being a part of getting to actually baptize the individuals who are doing that. And so I'm uh, privileged to get to baptize Sarah this morning as she's going to be a part of this. But, you know, actually for me today, uh, I would say is definitely going to be uh, the most special baptism that I've ever gotten to do. Uh, and that's because my two daughters this morning, Scarlett and Eden, uh, are going to get baptized and I get to be the one uh, to perform that. And it's just a, an amazing privilege. And, you know, uh, for Jenny and I as parents, really the most important thing for us is first, that our girls would accept Jesus and second, that they would live for that, him. Uh, and so, you know, they've done that. They've accepted Jesus. And really part of the baptism ceremony is kind of a, a declaration of, hey, I want to live my life for Jesus. And so this is definitely very special to me uh, as a dad as well. And, you know, there's another reason that this is the most special baptism for me is because uh, my parents were able to come uh, and be a part of this and just kind of uh, do this. And it's even more special because, uh, you know, many of you know that Jenny and I were missionaries in Scotland and, you know, my parents were able to fly out to Scotland for both uh, Scarlett and Eden's baby dedication. Uh, And so, you know, here's a little picture of that. But, you know, they got to pray for their granddaughters. They got to pray that their granddaughters would one day accept Christ, would one day live for him. And so, you know, now 10 years later for Scarlett, eight years later for Eden, you know, they get to come and be a part of, you know, seeing the the granddaughters that they dedicated now uh, really making that declaration that they want to follow Jesus with their lives. And so uh, it's a wonderful day for me, both as a pastor uh, and also as a father, as a pastor. You know, I just love being a part of baptizing people. uh, But as a father, it's even more special to me to see my little girl's love for Jesus and commitment to Jesus. And um, some of you here this morning, you you might be here and you might not understand, you know, why is it that we as Christians baptize people? Why is it that we kind of fully immerse people in water? And I realize for someone who doesn't understand what baptism is, you know, this could definitely be something that seems a bit weird. Uh, Why are you dunking people? What's the point? You know, what's the purpose? Is it kind of like a holy bath? I mean, you know, what's going on here? And so if you don't know what's happening, definitely this ceremony is kind of awkward and weird. Uh, You know, actually, I spoke with a gentleman several years ago 
ago who was uh, in college and we were discussing baptism and he said that you know he viewed baptism kind of like you know how he entered into his fraternity and in order to be in the fraternity that he chose he had to do a lot of weird and crazy things and if any of you have ever you know entered into a fraternity maybe you had to do some weird and crazy things to do it but he told me one of the things that he did which in my opinion I would have said you know what I'm finding a, a new fraternity but they made him tunnel with his hands through cow manure and at the end of it have to lick his fingers and thinking you know that is pretty much where I would draw the line to finding another fraternity but the point that this college student was making was you know he had to do all these weird and crazy things in order to get into a fraternity and he kind of thought baptism was the same thing I got to do this weird and crazy stuff in order to to get into Christianity and so you know we were able to talk about what baptism is what its purpose is why we do it and then he realized it was nothing like you know his fraternity experience and I'm confident that all three people getting baptized this morning are happy that they're only being dunked in water and aren't being asked to tunnel through cow manure but before I baptize Sarah Scarlett and Eden you know I just want to take some time to explain what baptism is also who should get baptized and then maybe most importantly why do we do it you know as Christians well, why is this something that we do so that we're all on the same page and you know if you're here and maybe you have accepted Jesus as your Savior but you've never been baptized yet I hope that as you listen to this message you would recognize this is something you should do this is something you're commanded to do and so hopefully you would be stirred on to do it if you already have been baptized you've watched others get baptized you know I have a question for you if I were to call on one of you and bring you up here right now could you explain to everyone what baptism is who should get baptized why they should be baptized I see some of those looks, those eyes kind of look down like, please don't call me, don't worry, I'm not going to call on anyone or bring anybody up here. But the goal is that, you know, you're going to talk with people like I did, that gentleman in college, and they're going to ask questions about baptism. And as a believer, especially if you've already been baptized, hopefully you will have the answers to give to them and that this teaching would help you with that. Now, I also want to deal with some of the things that baptism isn't as we, as we go through this, not just what it is, because among Christians, there's some beliefs that are connected with baptism that are very unbiblical, the biggest one being that baptism saves you. Uh, no, baptism doesn't save you. Only faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you will save you. Some people view baptism as, you know, you're going in the water and it's like this cleansing that's taking place. No, actually, you are cleansed by the blood of Christ, you know, even as that song, what can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's a, a cleansing that comes when you put your trust in the sacrifice of Jesus for you. Uh, and so hopefully through this teaching, all of us will have just a clear understanding of what Sarah and Scarlett and Eden are doing, uh, that if you haven't been baptized, you'd be spurred on to do it yourself. And if you, you know, have been, that you'll be able to share with others what baptism is. And when I'm finished sharing these things, we're going to bring those who are going to get baptized up here. We're going to take some time just to fellowship to pray for them because anybody who is a believer realizes, you know what, it's hard to live for Jesus. You know, even though you want to make a commitment publicly that says, I want to live for Jesus, that's not easy to do. And so we want to pray for them and pray that they would be able to continue to walk with Jesus as they desire to do. And so let's start by answering the first question that I want to answer this morning, and that is, what is baptism? 
Well, in basic terms, baptism is an outward action that symbolizes an inward change, commitment, and relationship that you already have with Jesus. And so baptism is this outward action, something that you can see. We are going to see this morning Sarah and Scarlett and Eden do something that is visual, that is an outward action for us to see. And what we're going to see symbolizes a relationship. It's a relationship that Sarah and Scarlett and Eden already have with Jesus. So baptism really is similar to a wedding ring, which is also a symbol of a relationship. When someone gets married, they will place a a wedding, wedding ring on their finger. And here's a picture of of Jenny and I on our wedding day right after we just got done exchanging rings. I I look at this picture and I'm always wondering, what is it she said right there? I don't remember, but she's kind of got that look of like, you know, maybe she's saying, I'm going to make you steak for the rest of your life. And I'm like, this is amazing. That sounds so good. But the wedding ring that I gave to Jenny and that she gave to me, it didn't give us a relationship. It wasn't like we have no relationship and now we've exchanged these rings and wow, we have a relationship. No, we already had a relationship. We were already committed to being husband and wife. Those things are just a symbol, a symbol of the relationship that already existed. And when I asked her to marry me and she said yes, it was then that we had that symbol that demonstrates that commitment that we have to one another. So it doesn't give you a relationship. It's just a symbol of the relationship you already have. Now, when Jenny's out and about and some other man that's not me sees her and thinks, wow, she's beautiful. I'd like to date her. And he comes up to her and starts talking with her and he looks down at her hand. He's going to see a wedding ring and he's going to see, oh, she is taken. She is married. She has a commitment to someone else. And hopefully he will walk away and not continue to pursue her. But if he does continue to pursue her, you know, he's not only going to see her wedding ring, he'll see my wedding ring indented into his face. But, um, (laughs) That's a different thing altogether. So, you know, a wedding ring is just a symbol of that relationship. Uh, And so, you know, baptism is like that. It's a public symbol of a relationship that you already have. You know, they're not coming up here and saying, now I'm getting dunked and now I have a relationship with Jesus. No, they already have a relationship with Jesus. This is just a symbol of that relationship that they have and a declaration that they want to serve him with their life. So baptism is not something that saves you. It's not something that gives you a relationship. It's something that follows salvation. It's something that follows the relationship. In Luke chapter 23, we have Jesus on the cross and he's speaking to a thief who's next to him on a cross. And I notice, want you to notice what is said there in Luke 23, 42 and 43. It says this, Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now notice here, the thief is saved. Jesus says, you're going to be with me in paradise, speaking of heaven, and he's never baptized. You know, that's not a prerequisite for salvation. In Romans 10, 9, we're told that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Believe in your heart that uh, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Notice this verse tells us, hey, in order to be saved, you need to confess Jesus is Lord. You need to believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. 
And it doesn't say, and then you must be baptized, and then you're saved. No. Belief in who he is, belief in what he's done, that is what ultimately saves us. So baptism doesn't save you. It's an outward symbol that tells people you already are saved. You already already have a relationship with Jesus and are committed to following him. So that is what baptism is. And as you watch Sarah and Scarlett and Eden get baptized, they are doing uh, what is a public symbol to the rest of us of their faith that they have already placed in Jesus and the commitment that they have to him and the relationship that they have with him. So the next thing I want to answer, the next question concerning baptism is who should get baptized? Is it for anybody at any time, at any place? You know, is there any kind of prerequisite to baptism? And the answer is no, it's not for anybody at any place at any time. Yes, there are definitely certain biblical requirements before someone should get baptized. You know, every time we look in the Bible and we see someone getting baptized, there's always something that has happened right before the baptism has take place. We see an example of this in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. We're told, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And so here in Acts chapter 8, you got Philip the evangelist. He's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's after people believe the gospel message, who Jesus is, that he's God, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead. It's when they believe that... It's after that that they are baptized. So notice what happens. Salvation occurs before baptism occurs. And that's what we see with every single example in the Bible. First, the person understands who Jesus is, what he has done, and they place their faith in him and are saved. And then after that, they get baptized. So who should get baptized? Well, only people who believe in Jesus and what he's done, and ask for his forgiveness. We shouldn't baptize people before that. You know, it's unbiblical. It's not part of the, as we'll look at, you know, why we do it. It's just, it's something that is for people who have first placed their faith in Jesus. And this is why in our church, we do not baptize babies. Uh, We only baptize people who are old enough to recognize who Jesus is, what he's done, and to personally place their trust in him, which babies are not in that category. Uh, Now, this happens for different kids at at different times in their life. There's not like a particular age where you say, well, they're ready. Some kids are are able to understand that and accept that earlier, some later. But, you know, at any age that someone is capable of that uh, and have made that decision personally, uh, we are happy to baptize them. So Sarah and Scarlett and Eden, they have understood the gospel, but they've also have personally accepted the gospel, and that's why they are now able to be baptized and have this public symbol of their faith and commitment to Jesus. So baptism is this outward action that symbolizes an inward change, commitment, and relationship that you already have, and the only people who should get baptized are people who have believed in and accepted Jesus. So that's what baptism is. That's who should get baptized. But it brings us to maybe, I think, the most important question of all, and that's why. You know, why as Christians should we get baptized? Why should Sarah, Scarlet, and Eden, or or any follower of Jesus get baptized? We've already noted it doesn't save you. So why do it? What's the point? What's the purpose? Well, there are three main things for why Christians get baptized. First, out of obedience to Jesus, 
Secondly, to show publicly their commitment to Jesus. And third, to identify with Jesus. So the first reason why, and maybe the most important reason why we as Christians get baptized is out of obedience to Jesus. You know, Jesus' last words on this earth to his followers were a command. And I want you to note the words that Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So notice Jesus says, I want you to baptize everyone who accepts me. Everyone who puts their trust in me, I want those people to be baptized. Now, this wasn't a suggestion. This wasn't like, you know, if they put their trust in me and then they feel like it, great, baptize them. No, this was a command. I want everyone who believes in me to be baptized. And so one of the biggest reasons why we as Christians get baptized is out of obedience to Jesus. We want to do what he commanded us to do in this area of our life. And so I I just want to say, if you are a believer here this morning, you've accepted Jesus Christ, but you haven't yet been baptized, then you are in disobedience in this area of your life, and it's something that you can simply rectify, get baptized. You know, it's something that you need to do, something that you shouldn't keep putting off, it's something that the Lord commands each believer to do. So the first reason we get baptized is because Jesus commands us to uh, out of obedience to him. The second reason we get baptized is to publicly show our commitment to Jesus. So during this baptism ceremony, both Sarah, Scarlett, and Eden, they are publicly showing a commitment that they have to Jesus, commitment that is a commitment to follow him for the rest of their life. And as a symbol of that commitment, they are going to be fully immersed in water. As I mentioned earlier, it's like a wedding ring. My wedding ring is a symbol of my commitment to Jenny. It's a symbol of the vows that I made to her. A vow that I said, you know what, I will stay committed to you until death do us part. Well, baptism is a similar type of commitment. It's a similar type of, of vow saying, you know what, I'm going to live for Jesus until the day I die. You know, just like, hey, this wedding ring shows I'm going to be committed to my wife until death do us part. Well, baptism is I'm committed to Jesus for the rest of my life. And I'm not just committing that just to myself. I'm committing that publicly so that others know of what I'm seeking to do. And so as we watch Sarah and Scarlett and Eden get baptized, they're demonstrating this public commitment to us that, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to live for Jesus. So the first reason why Christians get baptized is out of obedience to Jesus. The second reason is to publicly show their commitment to Jesus, which brings us to the third reason. And in my opinion, you know, one of the most significant reasons, and that is to identify with Jesus. You see, baptism is a step of identification because through it, you are identifying with Jesus. You're identifying with what Jesus has done for us sinful people. Now, in order to understand what we're identifying with, you got to understand what Jesus has done for us. Because if you don't get what Jesus has done for us, you won't have any concept of the identification that baptism is ultimately symbolizing. We see every single one of us have two big problems. The first big problem that the Bible tells us that each one of us have is in Romans 3.23, we're told this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
The Bible makes very clear one of our big problems is that everybody, all, not some, not most, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the Bible's making very clear we all are in the same boat. We are all sinners. Now, yes, some people will claim, well, I'm a good person. And yeah, there's a lot of people who have done good things, and some people have done many good things. But you know what? That doesn't change the fact that each one of us have also done sinful things. All of us are sinners. All of us have fallen short of God's perfect standard of what God has declared as you've got to do all of these things in order to be perfect. Well, none of us have attained that. None of us have reached that. We've all fallen short and sin. And we could go through a whole list of different sins that we're guilty of, of lying and cheating and stealing and, you know, some maybe even much worse things. But at the end of the day, we're, we're all sinners. So that's the first problem that all of us have. And the second problem is what our sin has done to us. Romans 6.23 tells us this, for the wages of sin is death. A wage is something that you earn. You know, each one of us who have a job, we love our wage. We like the fact that it earns us money. We work, we get it back. But you know what? Sin has earned us something. But it's not something that we love. It's not something that we look forward to. It's not something that we want. Our sin has earned us death. And when the Bible speaks of death here, it's not just speaking of physical death. It's speaking of something far worse than physical death. It's also referring to spiritual death. And when the Bible speaks of spiritual death, it speaks of the eternal punishment that God gives to sinful people who have yet to accept Jesus Christ, which is an eternal punishment in hell. And so those are the huge problems that we face. First, we're sinners. And because we're sinners, we have two issues that come our way. First, it separated us from God. And second, it has brought the judgment of God upon us. Since God is a just judge, he has to judge our sin. And the Bible tells us God does that by sending us to hell. So that's the bad news. And if it just ended there, we'd be pretty hopeless it would be pretty horrible if that's the only thing that the Bible spoke of. It's just the bad news of sinners who deserve to be judged by God and will be judged by God. But there is good news. And that's what the word gospel means, good news. And that's why it's such a great message to declare. Because the good news is that God loves each and every person in this world. God knew that our sin separated us from him and that our sin had to be judged by him. And so he came up with a plan of how to deal with the sin problem of the world so that we could be forgiven of our sin, so that we could escape the judgment that we deserve because of our sin. And that plan was to send his only son, Jesus, to become one of us. Jesus became a man and then he did something that none of us could do. He lived a perfect life. He didn't sin. He's the only sinless one ever to exist. He met that perfect standard that none of us could. And after living that sinless life, Jesus did the most important thing of all, which we're told in Romans 5, 8, it says this, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Jesus took upon himself our sin. He took upon himself the judgment that our sin deserves. The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus on the cross so that you and I could escape that wrath, so that you and I could escape that judgment. He took our sin and the judgment it deserves so that we could be forgiven and have a relationship with God. And he did that willingly. 
He wasn't forced to the cross. It was something that he chose to do because of his love for you and his love for me. And he died on that cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could escape the judgment that we deserve. And after Jesus died on that cross, he was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And that resurrection not only proves that he is God who he claimed to be, but also proves that he has power over death, proved that he had power over sin. He conquered it through the resurrection. And the wonderful news of the gospel is that what Jesus has done for you and I is a free gift. He offers that to us. He says, I've done all the work to pay for your sin. I've done all the work to take the judgment of your sin so that you can be forgiven and so that you can have a relationship with me. And I give this to you as a free gift. I don't force this upon you. I'm not forcing you to accept it. I'm not forcing you to believe it or receive it. He leaves that up to you. God offers this free gift of forgiveness, of a relationship, of eternity in heaven to each one of us, but we have to receive it. We have to choose to receive it in a particular way by accepting who Jesus is and by believing in him and what he's done for us on the cross. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In order to receive God's gift of salvation and forgiveness, you have to believe in Jesus, believe he is God, believe he died on the cross and rose again for you. And that's exactly what Sarah and Scarlett and Eden have done. They've accepted that Jesus has paid for their sin. They've accepted that he took the judgment that they deserve. They have asked for his forgiveness. And he has granted that to him because he gives that to all who ask. And now they have a relationship with Jesus and they desire to live for him. And as they get baptized, it's a symbol to all of us of that commitment that they want to make. So the third reason why we get baptized is to identify with Jesus. You know, there's something very specific that we're identifying with when we get baptized. And we're told what that is in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Or do you not know that as many as of us were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So when a person is baptized, when they're immersed in water, they are identifying with three specific things. Jesus' death, Jesus' burial, and Jesus' resurrection. And that's what this is, as you look and say, well, why are we fully immersing people in water? You know, what's that identifying with? What's that symbolic of? It's symbolic of those three things. And so as someone goes under the water, they're identifying with the death and burial of Jesus Christ. And as they come up out of the water, It's an identification of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when Sarah and Scarlet and Eden are are doing this, that life that didn't follow Jesus, that didn't know Jesus, that hadn't yet accepted Jesus, that, that old life is dying, and as they come up, it's a symbol of the new life, the new resurrected life that they have to live for Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us something wonderful in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become 
new. Also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're told, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who, should, who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. And so as Sarah and Scarlet and Eden, as they, they come up out of the water, it's symbolic of the new life. I'm a new creation. The old life has passed away. That happened the moment they accepted Jesus. This is symbolic of that reality, that they come up and, hey, I'm raised to a new life. I'm raised to living for Jesus as a new creation. He died for me and rose again, and now I want to live for him. And they're declaring that to each one of us. And another thing they're declaring is Jesus didn't just die for them. He didn't just take their sin. He didn't just take their judgment. He didn't just rise from the dead for them. He did that for everyone. And so this isn't just for them. This is something that, you know, God says, I did this for all. So if you're here today, this is available for you. All you have to do is believe that Jesus died for your sins. Believe that he rose from the dead to conquer sin and death. Believe that he's God. If you've never done that, today can be the day that you're forgiven of your sins and that you can be confident that you have eternity in heaven with Jesus. So the three main things why Christians get baptized are to be obedient to Jesus, to publicly show their commitment to Jesus, and to identify with Jesus. And that's exactly what we're doing today. That's what Sarah's doing, what Scarlett's doing, what Eden's doing. That's why. It's this obedience, this identification, and this public declaration of following Jesus. And so before we have them come on up and, and actually get baptized, I'm going to have the worship team come so that those who are getting baptized can go and change uh, into appropriate clothes to get dunked in water. And so it's also great for us just as a church family just to prepare ourselves spiritually as we worship the Lord uh, and have this time to do that. And so uh, let's go ahead and um, have a song of worship while everyone gets ready for the baptism. <laughs>